This is a download from the Wireless Theatre Company. We could make believe I love you Only make believe That you love me There's a cobweb in that top corner Been there for months Of course you don't say anything They wouldn't believe you they tell you you were going silly. Just because I'm over 70, it don't mean I don't know a cobweb when I see one. My John would never have put up with it. I suppose you can't have everything. But I am a little disappointed in the standard of housekeeping. Not what I would have expected. The food isn't too bad. And they've a lovely garden where you can sit out in the fine weather... I have my own room with its own facilities. I, I wouldn't want to share. After John died, I got used to being on my own and I like to be able to get away. They don't approve. Think you should mix with the other guests. There's all sorts of activities. A lady comes in to play the piano on a Monday and there's singing. A Tuesday, the library van comes. Wednesday, it's the stretch class. Thursday, there's an art class, and sometimes on a Friday, it's bingo. So there's plenty to keep you occupied if you want to be sociable. The staff are nice enough. A lot of foreigners, though. I know you shouldn't say it, but perhaps that explains the standard of cleaning. Mrs Bottomley, who runs the place, is English. Everything all right, she says. And we nod and say, yes, thank you, Mrs Bottomley, like you used to do at school. Come to think of it, it's a bit like being back at school. Everything organised. If it's Monday, it'll be shepherd's pie, and today, as it's Sunday, it'll be roast. As I say, it's not too bad. Not like being with your own family, but it could be worse. Oh. This is nice. A bit of peace and quiet. Normally you can't hear yourself think here in the lounge. But today it's mothering Sunday, so most of them have been collected and taken out to lunch. Amazing, isn't it? How all the children crawl out of the woodwork and suddenly remember their mothers. You might never see them rest of the year, but come birthdays, Christmas and mothering Sunday, out they come Regular as clockwork. Well, at least mine aren't like that. Oh, no. They keep in touch. I can't complain. And they'd be here today if it were possible. I've had cards, of course. This one is from my daughter, Rebecca. She and her husband, Derek, live in Guildford. I wouldn't expect them to do that journey just for Mother's Day. And there are the children to consider. Lucy's 15. She's got her exams coming up, so she can't afford to take time off. Ever so bright, just like her mother. And Simon's nearly 12. Oh, sports mad. Playing football for school now. They've a lovely house. I've seen the photos. Detached on one of those new estates. Derek's doing very well. He has his own business, uh, computers, and Rebecca works in the office for him. She used to teach, but 
and the business took off so it made more sense for her to work with Derek. And this one here with the roses is from my son Andrew. Oh, lovely verse. He married a Canadian girl, Lois. Nice girl. And they live in Canada. Edmonton, Alberta, to be precise. I can't complain, though. I have a letter every week. And photos have an album upstairs crammed. They keep on trying to persuade me to go over and see children. Anna must be nearly seven now. Scott, he's nine. And Paul, he'll be 13. The image of Andrew. Oh, I'd love to see them. But I can't see me making a journey like that at my age. Andrew says not to worry about the money and I'm to stay as long as I like. Oh, I don't know. It's a bit of an upheaval, especially in winter. Do you know, the temperature goes down to minus 25. It won't suit me. But they seem happy enough. Off skiing in the Rockies at the weekend, even the little ones. Paul plays ice hockey. I've got a photo of him in all his kit. And on the back he's written, To Grandma Mary, come visit soon, love, Paul. Well, maybe next summer. Who knows? Shouldn't be long now, dinner. I'm beginning to feel a bit peckish. John was always very particular about his dinner. It had to be meat and two veg, and always hot, even in the middle of summer. He was very particular about lots of things. But men were in those days. Wouldn't hear of me going back to work after we got married. You've got a job looking after the house and me. Besides, what will neighbours say? It'll look as if I'm not earning enough to keep us. There was no point in arguing with John. I soon learnt that. And there was plenty to do. Cooking, baking, shopping, cleaning, washing, ironing. Oh, it all took time. Not like these days when there's a shortcut for everything. But I don't think it's made people any happier. In fact, there seems to be more unhappiness than there was in my day. Or maybe people just expect more. When we got married, it was no picnic. But you just got on with it. In those days, you didn't talk about things in public. Personal things. If you had a husband who laid into you, and there were plenty I knew who did, you just stayed at home until bruises had gone down. You didn't throw in towel. You stuck with it. Marriages were for life. As my mother used to say, you've made your bed, now you must lie in it. And I did. For 43 years. Oh, don't get me wrong. John wasn't a bad man. He was hard-working. Never kept me short. At money, I mean. His mother died when he were born. He never liked to talk about things. Well, feelings, I mean. No, he won't one for words with John. So, if you don't have anyone to talk to, you start to talk to yourself. Well, not talk exactly. More imagine how things might be. 
John always said I had too much imagination. Well, it doesn't do any harm. Don't laugh. But before I got married, I wanted to go on stage. I'd always loved singing and dancing. I would have killed for dancing lessons. But my mother said we couldn't run to it. Then, when I was about 14, my mother and father took me to City Varieties. Oh, it were magic. All that red velvet and gold, the orchestra, the spangly frocks, all the different turns. I decided then and there that's what I wanted to do, not work in a shop. I was going on stage. Of course, my parents wouldn't hear of it. My father put his foot down. You can stop all that nonsense right now. You're not making an exhibition of yourself on stage. You'll be left out of town. It's time you face facts, Mary. You're no beauty, and you've got about as much talent as a three-legged greyhound. So you'll stop dreaming and find yourself a proper job when you leave school next month. In those days, you didn't argue with your father. So, next month, I got a job in Boots, and the only dancing I did was Saturday nights. Oh, I lived for Saturday nights. I'd dash back from work, soak in a hot, bubbly bath and spend hours getting ready. Big net petticoats, stockings and suspenders, wide black patent belt and then down to Mecca for dancing. It was the beginnings of rock and roll. Elvis, Lonnie Donegan, The Platters. I knew all songs by heart. Oh, it were all pulled down years ago. And there's a shopping arcade there now. But if I close my eyes, I can bring it all back. The smells. Bluegrass perfume. Hair lacquer. Beer and sweat. The cloakroom packed with girls. The mirror ball twirling in dark. The balconies where we used to sit and watch boys. That's where I first met John. A real teddy boy he was then. Slicked back hair, slim gym tie, winkle pickers, but nice with it. Not pushy or coarse like some of them. He bought me a drink and we talked. Well, <laughs> I talked and he listened. Wasn't exactly love at first sight. I thought it were a bit quiet for me. And I certainly didn't expect him to want to see me again. You could have knocked me down with a feather when I came out of work on the Monday and there he was waiting for me. After that, we started going steady. He wasn't that keen on dancing, so we'd go to pictures or out for a drink. Sometimes he'd borrow his brother's car and we'd drive out to the country or go to Bridlington for day. I knew he wanted to marry me long before he asked. Well, you do, don't you? And I knew I didn't love him. But all my friends were settling down. I didn't want to be left on the shelf. My mother and father liked him. He had a steady job at Pickering's Engineering. All right, he were no Cary Grant, but then, as my father pointed out, I was no Rita Hayworth. You had to accept it. Life wasn't like it was in pictures. There was no point in dreaming. 
You've got to settle for what you've got. So I did. We got married in May 1955, two years after we met, and went to Scarborough for a week for our honeymoon. <coughs> I knew right away that I'd made a mistake. He'd always been very respectful towards me. We'd kissed and cuddled, of course, but it had never gone any further. I just presumed he wanted to wait until we were married. That first night in Scarborough, I lay next to him, waiting. He put his arms round me and gave me a peck on the cheek. Well, Mrs Thornton, it's you and me from now on. Sleep tight. Then he switched off light and turned over. I hadn't known what to expect, but this wasn't right. I lay there counting the roses on curtains. I made all sorts of excuses to myself. He were tired. It had been a long day. It were just being considerate. It, it would be different tomorrow night. It wasn't. Or the night after. To look at us, you'd never known there were anything wrong. He were warm and affectionate, holding me hand, putting his arm round me, just like any other honeymoon couple. We went for walks, saw a show on pier, sat on beach. The third night, I couldn't bear it any longer. He were going to the bathroom to get changed before bed, and I came out with it. What's wrong with me, John? Why won't you... You know. He turned away, wouldn't look at me. John, we're married. This isn't right. What about children? You're enough for me. That's all I want, he said. Look, even if you don't want children yet, there's ways. I, I mean, you don't have to not... I love you. I don't need to do that to show you, he said, and walked out the door. That was the last time we ever talked about it. I tried, but, as I said, John won't want for discussing personal things. Apart from that, it wasn't a bad marriage. We rubbed along and nobody knew. There were no point. I did wonder what I'd do if I met somebody else, but it never happened. What I really wanted were children. I'd always dreamt of having children. A boy and a girl. Rebecca and Andrew. When I realised that John wasn't going to give them to me, I decided that I'd have to do it on my own. A sort of immaculate conception. Every night in my marriage as I lay alone in bed next to John, I went through in my head what I would have liked to have happened. Andrew was planned. Oh, he was a big baby. Nine pound three ounce. It wasn't an easy birth. And he was a little devil. Screamed all day and off the night. He was ever so jealous when Rebecca were born. She was an accident. And at first I didn't want her. But when I nearly lost her at six months, I changed my mind. She were a little scrap of a thing when she were born. 
six pound one ounce, but good as gold. I never had a moment's trouble with her. I can remember everything. What the first words were. Holidays at the seaside. The time they both had measles. When Andrew fell off his bike. The pictures they did in school. Presents they bought me. School reports. Marriages. I had trunks of clothes in the attic. Rumper suits for Andrew. Little dresses for Rebecca. Oh, all sorts. John never knew. Or if he did, he never said. It was real. More real than real. It kept me going. And like I said, it didn't do any harm. Of course, after John died, I could tell everyone about Andrew and Rebecca. They said I'd gone silly. They said I'd be better off in here. I can't imagine why. I'm not silly. Not like the rest of them in here. I mean, we can all dream, can't we? That's not silly, is it? Oh, that'll be lunch. I wonder if it'll be lamb or pork. We could make believe I love you. Only make believe that you love me. We can all dream, can't we? Was written and performed by Fizz Marcus at Quinn Studios with Matt Walters for the Wireless Theatre Company. Make believe our lips are blending in a phantom kiss or two or three. Might as well make believe I love you or to tell the truth I do.